0: So we have, so we have episode sixteen, and then we have a short and shiny, okay. and then we have episode seventeen, and then we have episode eighteen, which is a title tiny shiny one. That's that's episode, great, nice and confusing. Yeah, <laughs> we have episode nineteen, and then we have two tiny shinies. So
1: let's just call it twenty. Okay, <laughs> twenty feels good. <laughs>
0: This is Colin and this is Chris and like enjoying Scotch with a friend at 1150 a.m. on a Saturday morning. This is shiny podcast following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest of today's gaming and technology. It's exactly like that. I would say it's just <laughs> like that a rare indulgence that is worth indulging in.
1: Sometimes it must be done, folks, and uh, you know it's true. So uh, now that we know what we're running on today, let's hop right into the news, because holy cow, this episode is jam-packed You've with stuff. we got a few stuff. things, just a few. There's new operating systems across the board with tons of new features and awesome things to talk about. Uh, big shakeup in the podcasting world that has ramifications that I don't think we've, we, we will see the results of for years to come. Um, We have some follow up on old stories to uh, begin with, and I'd like to kick it off with our dear friend fedora wearing man, (laughs) Eric Lundgren, the man a couple uh, episodes ago, we talked about who was in trouble for selling copies of recovery and restore discs for old computers. He's the guy who would take discs and uh, install upon them the all of the recovery media for computers that are no longer made, and then he'd gussy them up to look like they were from Dell or HP or whomever. Yes, he's unfortunately for him going to find himself serving a 15-month prison sentence for doing such things.
0: Mm-hmm. And a uh, $50,000 fine as as well, little... So
1: I think when we covered this originally, I took the stance that I felt like he is getting what he deserves, not that I disagree with, you know, trying to recycle and reuse old uh, hardware, old computers, but that by taking it upon himself to brand something as something he doesn't own, he was always going to run afoul of, 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 you know, the powers that be. That said, and I still kind of think that, but that said, I feel like this sentence is a very unbalanced and and heavy handed sentence for him.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I would say uh, a heavier fine and maybe like house arrest or something like that might be a little more appropriate. Like if, if you're going to pass down a sentence like that, but actual like jail time for over a year. Like that's... It's pretty harsh. <laughs> it's incredibly harsh, especially
1: considering at uh, later on in the article or later on in the show, as we as we get to, nobody at Equifax has even lost their job over the breach. In fact, they've all been reelected uh, to the to, the to the to uh, the to the board. So there's a a serious misbalance of a
0: skewed sense of justice in e- the. World.
1: I I think I think so, and of course Microsoft is doing everything they can to get ahead of the very negative PR train associated with with such things. And the 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 only thing I will say is, uh, Eric, you're doing good work. You're you're I'm sorry, you have to do this. I don't think it's fair. What's what's happened to you? The FTC Oh, this is something I have, I am. I was so happy to see
0: Colin. Oh, yeah, dude. Um. Yeah, this, this, uh, yeah, this, this means quite, quite a bit to me, uh, uh, So, and, and I imagine you as well, because it, it, it kind of rides that line of the right to repair stuff as well that we've talked about on the show before. Absolutely. Where, so, so the FTC has, has officially called out uh, large companies like Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony, uh, among the largest of them for their illegal warranty void if removed stickers. So if you ever have ever bought any gaming console, uh, in the past, oh, 15, 20 years, uh, you have probably seen a sticker somewhere on that device that says if you remove it, you have voided the warranty and any ability to get it, uh, repaired, um, in in the future by by that company, and so it, it turns out that all along uh, this has been illegal uh, ever since nineteen seventy five, which by a wide margin outdates uh, gaming consoles quite a bit, in it- fact. Yes, quite a bit.
1: Most people listening are aware of the fact that I have a very impressive hat collection, and by that I mean. I do a lot of different kinds of things to to make ends meet. One of the things that I have done through uh, the last several years is uh, fixing uh, audio gear, lighting gear, that kind of stuff. Um, it is this has, has has been such a pain in my ass in that realm for so long. Things like. You know, uh, 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 DMX boxes or, or, you know, lighting controllers and things of that nature or, or party effects. They're notorious for this shit. And the problem is they get banged on and broken all the time. So I'm constantly cutting through these void if broken stickers, you know, and I just I just give up. It's like, you know, I, I well, I, I have to fix it and I can fix it faster than I can ship it to fucking Shenzhen. So I'm going to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to see the, the 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 law coming down on the side of consumers because this has been bullshit for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. And it's it I feel like it's also uh, it's important because it's highlighting that um for uh, you know for all this time they've really put it on the manufacturer to also deem what voids that 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 warranty as opposed to that being done by an independent body um, and so i, I yeah I, I hope that this will finally open up the doors for for that right to repair um, you know i i i remember when um, i i bought my first gaming console uh, uh, since the n64 and that was a that was a ps3 and i bought it used and it, it lasted for a long time but um yeah the 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 hard drive failed with my hundreds of hours of oh. fallout fallout three and fallout new vegas uh this is before i i was you know doing gaming on on my pc and uh i i i mean i think at that point it had been so long that the warranty didn't really matter anymore but i was able to you know i, I still had to remove that sticker and kind of wonder hey you know, if, I don't know if anything goes wrong in the future, am I going to be screwed here? And I mean, eventually I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to replace the hard drive. I'll figure out how to do it. And because that, it's a possible thing. Because, it, it's, because like, it's, a thing, a thing it's a thing people do. Thing I, it's a thing I bought. Like I <laughs> yes, own it. It's yours. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this.
1: For too long. For too long has this, has this law been flouted and I'm glad to see it changing. Okay, this is very big news in the world of podcasts, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it yet. I, I, a lot of things that I like have come together, but I can't, I can't help but feel a little apprehension about this news, Colin.
0: Yeah. So, so what, what makes you apprehensive about Pocket Casts being acquired by public radio, like NPR?
1: Yeah. So, a large. Shall we say conglomerate? They probably would prefer we didn't use that term. Probably, <laughs> uh, a group of public radio organizations, including uh, WBEZ Chicago, WNYC Studios, NPR, and this, others. This American
0: Life. Yep. Yeah.
1: This American Life. Exactly. Have banded together to put uh, to to create a, uh, an organization that they that they collectively own to purchase Pocket Casts, one of the uh, most popular. And uh, most famous cross-platform podcasting apps. I love it. I use it every day. Pocket Cast is like yeah, I do as well. My favorite, my my favorite app. I use it. I use the web app constantly. It's it's my go-to. It's on the very front of my phone when I open that sucker up. And now, it has been purchased by this organization. So, public radio, uh, had, over the last couple of years, has had a dirty little secret, and that secret is that their podcasts perform a lot better than their radio does. Sure does. <laughs> it does a lot better. They don't have the same overhead, obvious. I mean, it's the same old song you've heard it before. Podcasts simply don't have the same technical overhead that radio does. They don't have the same regulations that radio does, and so. You, you know, they, they they out of the gate, they're starting with something that costs a heck of a lot less to produce, but they're also really good at producing audio content. So they make a lot of good stuff across, you know, the the, the spectrum, the ecosystem of public radio. Some of my favorite podcasts are from public radio like that's how i catch my my Kai Rizdahl every day is mm-hmm. is in podcast form i don't i don't tune in on, on public radio anymore so they have to be seeing this you know obviously they do by purchasing pocket casts but i think here's where it gets a little fuzzy for me friend one of the reasons one of the many reasons that i have railed against internet service providers in the past is because they're 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 Reaching out of their business model to control and to buy up and control the production and content pipelines, you know, mm-hmm. Comcast, uh, you know, owning NBC, being responsible for both the creation and transmission of that content,
0: got it, is
1: is unsettling, right? It creates, yeah, no, I, yeah, it, yeah
0: I see where you're going. It, yeah. it
1: creates bad incentives for, or it creates good incentives for bad things to to happen, and I. I think public radio ultimately. I think they they're stewards of the the mission that they they carry, and you know, I, I think they do that well. But it does give me pause, and I and I don't quite know how to feel about it yet. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and and like you said at the, the the top there, this is probably something that we won't really see the effects of for quite some time. But yeah, I I, I can see why it might be cause for concern that uh, that they now own a major source of distribution for, for podcast material. But, uh, I, I, I would hope that, you know, as, you know, stewards of, 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 um, of, of public access to content and, and, and that sort of thing that, that they would continue that mission through this purchase. Uh, it, it sounds like they're keeping the same staff and, and and uh, leaders of the organization of of Pocket Pocket Cast, but yeah, I I think it's something that's going to have to to play out before we really see how it's going to be.
1: In the short term, they're about to get a huge infusion of cash, which is probably going to help. I know I know that um, PocketCast has been running a, a a beta of a new UI overhaul that they're working on. They've been doing that for a while. I've, I keep seeing, you know. Try this out, you know, call to actions and such, but they, mm-hmm. they, they haven't been able to 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 finish it, and I wonder if that will be something that this will enable. uh I wonder if if you know the whole, just by vir- virtue of having such an influx of cash and resources, and and you know, an organization that ostensibly will be able to take some of the burden off of the team that exists. Yeah, uh, I imagine that it's probably going to be pretty awesome. If, you know. But at least at least for now, <laughs> I don't mean to be paranoid. I think, you know, I love public radio. I but boy, I don't know. There's always something when I see consolidation. I think I'm so I'm so uh, wary of it having,
0: you know, Well, that's well, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that's a thing. I mean, especially I mean. I mean, just look at some of the mergers that are that are happening out there. I mean, look at Sprint and T-Mobile, which I mean, you know, I mean, it's a much larger deal than 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 this. But um, I mean, you know, it, it those types of things, you know, when when you apply them to other situations like this. I mean, yes, it is good reason to be to have a healthy dose of skepticism.
1: Windows 10. Has a new update that was delayed for a little bit of time while they worked out the bugs, but now it's here, it's fresh, and it is updating your computer in the midst of your Steam session as we speak.
0: <laughs> it sure is. Uh, and uh, so it came out on the, the very last day of April just just 3rd, enough 30th, to confusingly call time. it the April <laughs> yeah, update. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just just under the crack of the door. Um, so some of the things that that they've updated, uh, some of the the, the larger features, something called Timeline is probably the the largest feature update. So it replaces the task view button. Uh, and so it allows you to see uh, apps that are running, but also what kind of apps and activities are being used on maybe other um, other devices that have Windows uh, running on them uh, uh, for, for the past 30 days. And you can sync those activities and apps across multiple machines. So say you're working on, something on on one machine you can seamlessly sync that activity to another machine and, and pick it up where you left off that sounds good yeah it sounds
1: like a fun a cool feature have you tried it out in practice
0: no <laughs> no uh no it's been it's been a crazy week for for colin moon and uh, i have not had any time to do anything even remotely related to my personal life <laughs>
1: Ah, nice. Good.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Super healthy. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Really <laughs> yep. There's the American dream. Yeah. Living it. <laughs> well, when you uh, do load up this feature, you'll be able to see all of the work that you did and how little fun you've been having in in <laughs> the uh, timeline view. I don't know. It kind of looks in. You know, one of my favorite features of the Google Apps, you know, suite is that. Auto save and and ubiquity of access feature. You know mm-hmm. the fact that I can use it from anywhere and it's always as up to date as uh, I am. Right. 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 So seeing that built into Windows is kind of cool. Of course, it always gives me a little bit of pause when I see, um, you know, shared resources in such a way from a desktop operating system. But you know, hey, let's not worry about it. Equifax sure isn't. So let's keep. Uh, let's let's just focus on the positive. <laughs>
0: this is going to going to drop that line for every article until we get to the
1: <laughs> one feature that i thought was kind of cool for a geek like me who does a lot with audio is uh, per app audio preferences so if you have multiple out inputs and outputs you can uh, you can per app send where the uh, audio is going so you know yes. different devices and such like that pretty cool and then make some macros for you. But hey! uh, Nice to see. Nice.
0: They also just added tab muting for their Microsoft Edge, which uh, Firefox and Chrome have had for a while. Kind of catching up on a few things here.
1: It is worth noting that the previous uh, update, which was known in the geek communities as 1709 or the Fall creators update from last year was the uh, most adopted version of Windows 10 because I guess that's how we count these metrics nowadays uh, that to date since Windows 10's release so they they dream of consolidating the win Windows users into a single version is slowly coming to fruition so uh, we'll have to see if this update known as 18 four Huh. Interesting. Is uh, continuing that trend or not? I mean, that will play out over the next couple weeks, I'm sure. Speaking of... Spe- oh No, 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 no. <laughs> Sir, you go ahead and say this. I'm just going to sit in the corner and gloat.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft, uh, they are readying themselves for a world... Uh, beyond Windows. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? What? Wait, Microsoft <laughs>
1: Beyond. Come on, that's preposterous. Microsoft. Yeah.
0: Without Windows. <laughs> At least not in the way that that I think it's conventionally come come to to be understood um, or or used. And so from from what I've I've gathered here, uh, what Microsoft is doing is they're they're kind of splitting up the the Windows. Development team into into multiple arms, uh, hedging uh, their bets heavily on on cloud and AI focused p- projects. Um, so so I don't know exactly what that might mean. <laughs> well, later
1: uh, on, we're going to talk about uh, Azure Sphere. I think um, I think that's later on in the show notes, and yes. that is an implementation of of kind of what exactly what you're talking about right now. Right on, right on. This is a big deal, dude. This is a big deal. Windows has been Microsoft's bread and butter for decades. And now it has been reorganized and split up, like you said, predominantly being run by the person who up until this point has been in charge of desktop software, the office suite, by that group within the company. The experience division, I think is what they're calling it. So basically, in the sort if you can parse through the sort of corporate speak of all of this, Windows has been massively deprioritized, massively deprioritized. And it's care and stewardship has been given to the people who predominantly focus on Making sure Microsoft Office works across operating systems, making sure that their other software works across operating systems. It's a very interesting handoff, in my opinion. I have a little bit of, of a theory going here. And I don't think I'm the only one who's starting to think that this might be coming. So I can't take full credit for it. But it's a. It's slowly making more sense, and it's kind of breaking my head a little bit. Mm -hmm. So why don't we? Why don't we uh, push? I'm gonna just pull up the uh, yeah Azure Azure. Sphere thing because I think it's a good segue into that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Let's let's do it.
1: So uh, a little context uh, in the midst of this deprioritization of Windows. There is a new product that Microsoft is pushing, and it solves a lot of problems with Internet of Things, as they're called. So here's a big problem. You, you've seen this on your router at home, right? You buy a device, you bring a device home, it does a thing. Time happens, no updates. Either you you never you know the user never patches it, or the company abandons it. There's no it, connectivity, and there's no there's there's no, no patches that happen, but but security keeps marching on, and exploits are found, and so suddenly you have a device that is totally rife with 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 exploits that allow you to do things that that device was never supposed to do and in many cases violate either your privacy or your liberty you know, or both um and it could be your refrigerator it could be your volkswagen i mean there's you know, there, there we see this all the time right
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: something we've railed out against probably too much <laughs> <sighs> so microsoft is putting forth a platform to address this very issue, and it's very interesting. But the real killer feature is that it is a Linux-based operating system
0: for and not it Windows. Is not Windows.
1: <laughs> it is not the NT kernel. It is the Linux kernel. It's modified to work very well with Azure services. You know, Azure being being sort of you know Microsoft's answer to AWS. Mm-hmm. When you buy a license or when you build a device using this Azure Sphere, you get massive benefits. You get massive benefits. Not only does it tie into Azure perfectly, do they have these established lines of of workflow that will let you accomplish things very easily, but you get a guaranteed 10 years of support From date of production on your device.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: Handled transactionally by the Azure backend. So, security updates will just happen to the kernel for 10 years. Every bit of the Microsoft tool chain will be updated securely for 10 years. And if you watch these guys at Microsoft tell the world about this new product, if you watch them and you watch them, the videos them the promo videos like I have. it's re- It's have, very yeah. interesting because I don't think that they fully appreciate how surprised the world was that this <laughs> runs on Linux, because I think to them it's kind of like old hat. I think that the writing is on the wall. They're watching their numbers, they're looking at they're looking at everybody's operating system day to day be something other than Windows, it's, you know, it's iOS, or it's it's Android, or it's, you know, it, there's a bunch of competition, and they're not seeing that growth. They're focusing on services, right? And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's why Satya Nudela is the, the CEO now, right? Right. I would not be surprised given the overhead in keeping up all of the hardware compatibility with an operating system. I would not be surprised given the technical debt that they have with Windows going back years and years and years, some of which is most likely patented and tied up in all sorts of odd ancient licensing agreements that they'll never be able to get out of. And I would not be surprised, given that there is a solution on the market today that handles all of that for you without you having to invest a cent, if they were to move the Windows stack over to the Linux kernel at some point. Mm-hmm. And at first, I, I thought that was kind of, that was insane, but the more I keep saying it and thinking about it and watching as Microsoft basically just turns into a service-based company, it makes so much sense.
0: It on. Yeah, I'm. I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm convinced.
1: <laughs> which is, which is, which it, you know, I mean, in in the tech world, that is like gravity-defying, no, that's, mind-bending, that's fucking ridiculous yeah. <laughs> change. But it, it's it it makes a ton of sense. You know, they don't have to employ as many people to like work out hardware compatibility because the kernel will do it for them. You know, they don't have to like. Mm-hmm. They don't have to like compete against this server market which has just absolutely gone full on into linux they will suddenly be the forebearers of that like immediately in it like a, an integrated and and fully compliant and easy to use version of the very thing that most people are targeting for their development today it's like uh, it, the reasons stack up but i feel like i'm taking crazy pills here you know like <laughs> <laughs> This is all conjecture. Obviously, there's nothing like there's nothing set in stone. And and I doubt we'd see anything move, you know, for for years. But there have been so much there has been so much Microsoft software over the last couple years that is specifically targeted to run on operating systems that are not Windows. I think they know the ship has sailed. And it's and they I think they are so far ahead of that they're already planning. How they're already planning how to exist in a world where Windows doesn't matter anymore, as witnessed by this article. Maybe I'm insane, maybe I'm extrapolating too much. Let us know. Hello at shinypodcast.com. Tell me I'm crazy. (laughs) Bring me back down to earth because I'm I'm telling you, I I think Microsoft is going to run Windows on Linux in our lifetime.
0: Wow. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one. (laughs) Crazy theories. Crazy.
1: Crazy man, put his tinfoil hat back. But on. no,
0: you, no, but but you. I mean, what you said makes makes total sense. I mean, you've you you've got some valid arguments there. It's up to the listener to
1: decide: is Goulet crazy? I
0: mean, yes, but but
1: tell me why. But tell me why. <laughs>
0: So Twitter recently uh, reached out to their three hundred and thirty six million users to let them know of a problem with uh, how your passwords were being were being stored. And so instead of uh, the the usual uh, being being um, uh, protected by by a, a hash encryption. Uh, they were stored in plain text in an in internal log uh, in, in, in internally inside of their company. And so uh, just a, a PSA, uh, if you have not done so already, change your password, Twitter has certainly asked you to, and uh, and make sure you do that soon.
1: It is a new age, Colin. We are entering in an into a new era. This is the age of the beaver. (laughs) It's not quite as dramatic as I wanted it to be. No.
0: (laughs) A bionic beaver. Now, now that. That's something. The bionic
1: beaver is here. Ubuntu 18.04, the latest long-term support version of Ubuntu, has been released as well as all of the flavors that come along with it including what is my current personal favorite, Kubuntu, which is awesome. I'll touch more about that later. It's been released. It is a real bang-up, crackerjack, awesome release, if I do say so myself. You get all sorts of new goodness, like Linux kernel 4.15, Uh, the latest Snap support, and the new Gnome desktop that Canonical has been working on for the better part of a year. So a whole bunch of new shiny stuff for your desktop, as well as a whole bunch of stuff from the server, which might be less interesting for the people listening along at home. But um, I have been playing with 1804 for a couple of weeks now, playing with the beta in preparation of the release to to, uh, give the uh, listeners whether you should go ahead and upgrade if you're on it. And sometimes I'll tell you fully honestly, if I think you should wait, and this is not one of those times I wholeheartedly say go ahead and upgrade to 1804. It's awesome. I have uh, a list and a, a, a litany of things that I'd like to talk about. But I won't because I want you to discover them. And at a later date, we'll go through some of my favorite features.
0: Right on. Cool.
1: But go ahead and upgrade, it's, it's massive. And I think that uh, given all of the shakeup that we just talked about and that we're going to be talking about, I think that 1804 will be looked upon as a fairly seminal point in the development of uh, Linux and of uh, technology at large. I really do. I really think that it is a, a welcome stable and uh, fully featured Linux distribution coming along at a great time.
0: For those listening at home, have you ever heard of something called domain fronting? Chris, have you heard of domain fronting? Uh, you know,
1: not really. Actually, <laughs> this was <laughs> this was news to me.
0: Oh, right on. So, so for yeah, just want to explain kind of what domain fronting is and talk about why it's relevant for for this. So, in 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 its simplest kind of explanation, domain fronting is. The ability to say say you're in uh, say you're in North North Korea, <clears throat> and you really want to get access to news from the outside world, uh, but your country blocks your ability to access those those websites like probably like CNN um, and and NBC and you know other you know. News from the outside world. So domain fronting it it a basic basically uh, allows you to trick uh, the the whatever uh, government organization is monitoring that traffic, uh, trick it into thinking that you are visiting uh, our dot com uh, when in fact, you are visiting cnn dot com. so it masks that 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 traffic. sort of
1: like wearing a a, a costume. Right or like, or mask, yes. you know, or something yeah. like wearing a hat yeah. that that the uh, you know of the of the local uh, water buffalo society.
0: <laughs> yes, and and so uh, why why is this relevant right now? So uh, signal, uh, the the messaging platform that uh, that I use, that that I know mm-hmm. Chris uses, and is is a, a, a very integral to folks. In countries like this, because you have end to end encryption, um, it, uh, it, it allows you to communicate securely and outside the purview of, of some of these uh, dictatorship governments um, have been using domain fronting to operate. Uh, primarily through through uh, um, kind of the the system networks uh, uh, in, of the internet that Google uses, that Amazon uses, and um, unfortunately Google um, put 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 a stop to that. Um, and, and there are some reasons why, which which we can get to if if, uh, if we oh, have time it's here. Um,
1: the allure of the blessed data hoover; they cannot resist the data, so that then they can serve them. Absolutely that are more appropriate and relevant to their interests this oh there's that too (laughs) greatest ambition of humanity to date to simply ensure that no man woman or child will have to be advertised something that is not specifically tailored to their interests
0: Google recently you know came down on signal uh, shut down their their ability to uh, use this domain fronting, and so Signal switched to Amazon, which doesn't have quite the same reach that Google does, but still pretty good access. Unfortunately, Amazon caught wind of this and and put put the the uh, shut shut down on this as well. And so this is this is a pretty big hit for anti um, or rather a, a big hit for privacy. Uh, advocates and for folks in in countries like this who who maybe want to protect protect their information because you know they might get rounded up and put into a work camp. <laughs> uh, so so it's it's unfortunate to see that Amazon has has joined in this in, in this non use of domain totally.
1: Printing. You know it's not it's not you, dear listeners, who are connecting from you know a Western society. I mean, yeah, your shit's being being read and tracked and all of that but you already know that this is really about you know people who are stuck behind you know the great firewall or in places that that have more overt uh blocking and and, and tracking uh you know in place and Will we see any degradation of service over here as a result of it no but even you dear listener you fedora user from Canada, whoever you are, even you should be concerned when we see our, our, our fellow global user community being blocked from services that simply help them retain a little anonymity on the internet. And the Lord knows we could use yeah. a little more of it these days.
0: Right on. I think there is a bit of a PR backlash, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's enough to to really make a dent.
1: Interesting, you know, Amazon has recently been making a whole lot of money with uh, uh, governments of the world creating a separate and administering for them a separate version of Amazon web services specifically for those governments. They've been making a lot of money doing that and they're building something out mm-hmm. for the Department of Defense in America today. Interesting correlation might be made between the uh, desire to alleviate privacy-focused messaging problems for world governments and a sudden new and very rich source of revenue for them. Blessed be the day, you freedom-loving Users of graphics cards and players of games, rejoice. You have won, triumphed over the evil, the green cloud, descending upon the design rooms of graphics cards, companies of the world. What is is he going on about? (laughs) Last week, we talked about the GeForce Partnership Program. Luckily, right before it was no longer relevant, the GeForce Partnership Program has been disbanded, discontinued, and canceled due to reasoning which I would label to be some of the most overt and public whining bitching and complaining by a multinational corporation I have ever seen unreal
0: <laughs> it's like they hired four-year-olds to write this press release well they spent a lot of money trying to uh, trying to dampen the the bad PR on this maybe they could only afford four-year-olds
1: the rumor Conjections and mistruths go far beyond its intent," NVIDIA writes in a new blog post. Rather than battling misinformation, we have decided to cancel the program. To put this on a very quick timeline for you, NVIDIA rolls out a program that says if you want to sell NVIDIA cards, you can't sell NVIDIA cards using the same branding that you do sell in AMD cards or anybody else. AMD cards, that's the only fucking competition they have. <laughs> Backlash, uproar, people are pissed because it is a draconian antitrust situation where they're using their market share to try to drown the competition in a market that is already under a great amount of stress with, you know, the crypto craze that's going on. And when people were pissed and pissed enough to keep talking about it and throwing it back in NVIDIA's face. What does NVIDIA do? Well, they they buckle under the pressure, but they call you stupid and ungrateful in the process.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And also to to try to pass it off as we we're just we were doing this for the community. There really was no malcontent or, or sorry ill ill intent here, or you know nothing to you know we weren't trying to subvert the the sales of aMD products. and it's like either you're lying badly or you're incredibly stupid because branding is what God, that's what makes these things happen like that's what that's where sales come from is go ahead go ahead and try to sell something without a
1: brand like like go ahead
0: you're offering exclusive branding to this hardware of course that's gonna hurt your competition well look if if
1: you're gonna spread mistruths and and misinformation then we're just not gonna do it and you know you know you're welcome you ruined a great thing (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's
1: unreal. I mean, it's just childish, man. I don't know what in, I don't know who wrote this blog post on NVIDIA's you know, blog, but they they should be fired, not because of the not because of the move that NVIDIA is making, but because it just translates like a whiny little bitch. That's right, NVIDIA. That's what I think of you right now. You're a whiny little bitch. This is another galaxy-breaking, gravity-defying update that I I, I did not really see coming, and I'm not sure what to make of it completely, but I think it upends my understanding of how technology and reality works.
0: (laughs) Everyone's on the Linux train, man. It's
1: full speed ahead on the Linux train. It's unreal. So, recent... Actions in the Google Chrome OS world have got people scratching their head and paying attention ahead of Google I.O., which is only in a couple more days, right? It's getting it's getting close, a couple of weeks, a couple of days, something yeah. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, day, days, days away. away.
1: So we'll have more information when that actually comes to bear. But in recent builds of Chrome OS, uners, uners, all you Uners out there, Users. users have begun to notice <laughs> have begun to notice uh little details changing about their operating system there have been signs of a terminal application in chrome os which is
0: insane
1: oh. now before we go further everybody remember that chrome os is a specially built version of gentoo linux right so chrome is running a linux kernel at its core just like just like android is right mm-hmm. but it's it's you know, very stripped down. And it's and its, you know, very styled to be this web browser first web first operating system that we know as Chrome OS, right. And it's insanely right. popular. I mean, Chromebooks are everywhere. Now I see them all over the place. They might.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're cheap and portable. And they serve those basic functions very well. It
1: sounds like now they're going to get even more functionality. Recently, Google forked a theme That is a popular theme in the Linux community, a theme to build applications and make them look a particular way. It's a very material design focused theme, something that looks right at home in the Google ecosystem. And so why would you fork a desktop Linux application theme if you were not going to use it for something and now in the Canary builds of Chrome OS, so those are like they're they're like earlier than Alpha. If you're not familiar with that mm-hmm. life cycle, a Canary is usually like a you know it's like really early in the development process, right?
0: Yeah, think like a yeah, Canary in a, a right. coal mine, exactly, type, type exactly, thing. exactly. Yeah. But
1: Canary versions of Chrome OS are 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 uh, testing Linux application support. So you're. Your Gimp's, your your File your Vert, your Visual Studio Codes, your Skypes, your Spotify's, right? Your Atom text editors, all of those awesome—some open source, some not open source—tools that run natively on Linux. That looks like it's coming to Chrome OS. Nice. Th- that's that's great. That's so much cool stuff. That is, if this is going the way it looks like it's going, is going to be available to super cheap hardware, coupled with the fact that Chrome OS can run Android apps natively now, too. All of a sudden, Chrome OS feels a lot less like a gimpy little something that you give to people that you are afraid might break computers. (laughs) And it becomes really compelling. You know, I can run a full photo manipulation suite on Chrome OS. As well as have all those niceties of the Google integration and service backend and all of that. I mean, I don't know, man. Is that am I crazy? That sounds kind of
0: awesome. No, that's in that's incredibly awesome. That's great, especially if if you're a a, a you know sysadmin on the go. It's like this is yeah, like you said, quite quite, quite compelling.
1: compelling, quite compelling. I feel like there's a legion of neckbeards ready to crucify any positive feedback on this particular <laughs> development and there is a piece of my of my heart a little like the richard stallman on the my right shoulder is just like crying into my ear right now but at the same time gosh i i i just can't help but feel like this is the this is the one of the this I think this development is as huge as Windows deprioritizing Windows, honestly, as Microsoft mm-hmm. deprioritizing Windows, mm-hmm. and it all, it all points to this same you know potential future reality where like Linux is just kind of you know the kind of the default, and I I, I don't know, man, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> coming upon us. There's of course fuchsia. That plays into this somehow, and I don't really know how this all fits. But you know, I think any Google user will attest: it's not, it's not uncommon for there to be uh, concentric yet, yet totally misaligned and and totally confusing uh, projects inside of the Google <laughs> camp that don't necessarily mm-hmm. solve the same problem, or sometimes do. You know,
0: right? <laughs> but uh,
1: you know, f- with with with. Google focusing some resources on a new kernel, I wonder where this fits in the grand scheme of things. I hope that we get something at Google I.O. because it's got me salivating, Colin. It's got me salivating.
0: (laughs) Well, we're only a few days away, so keep keep a bucket handy.
1: (laughs) And when... I have filled that bucket. I'll bring it back to all of you on the Shiny Podcast.
0: <laughs> so uh, a, a couple couple episodes ago, we uh, we talked about the the Cambridge Analytica nonsense, and so some some news has come across that they uh, are are dismantling for good. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's not not quite true. So they they filed for uh, uh, uh in, um, and, uh, are, are, have all the trappings of banding. However, uh, a new, a new company with much of the s- same leadership and, uh, and board members has and investors and investors has come up called Emmer data. Um, just, just a side note. I, I, I love the uh, uh throughout this article they abbreviate cambridge analytical as cambridge anal <laughs> <laughs> do, I, d- I don't think that's an accident <laughs> i don't think so at all <clears throat> so so uh d- despite um uh much backlash and and that I mean, again, we we kind of asked the question, were they ever really successful in anything that they really endeavored to do? We'll never know. But they seem to be trying to rebrand under this new Emmer Data, uh company name.
1: Suffice to say, it was whatever, it, they're, they, you know, whatever they're experiencing, it's enough to make them feel like they are not going to be able to get ahead of this particular uh, PR train. Now... If that translates into something other than a rebranding, we shall see. But it's nice to know that there's at least enough heat to make them feel like they got to do something about it. But what a smug fucking arrogant reaction, right? Like, oh, okay, we're done. you know, I got to know a guy across town and give you a really good deal on it. You know, it's just like (laughs) they
0: didn't even change addresses like the same address.
1: Jeez Louise. (laughs) Uh. Last but not least, speaking of criminals getting away with crimes. Our dear friends, my friend and Colin's friends over at Equifax, the shareholders wanting to send a message to corporate America that you can, that you have to take your customers privacy and personal data seriously have voted to elect all of the board members reelect all of the board members of equifax who were current who were employed during the breach
0: fantastic as we said earlier a very skewed sense of justice in the world
1: I I I have no words. I have no words. I have a few. Friends, we try fuck, to focus fuck on it. Yeah, th- those seriously, are those few words. That's a great set of words. I mean, we try to focus on like the cool things that are happening, but we also try not to sugarcoat the bullshit. And I'm sorry, but this is just bullshit. They don't foresee any consequences. And so to reward them for actually making money on the deal they get to 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 keep their job and continue to govern this horrible company that has all of our personal data that i never consciously signed up for i mean i understand how the credit system works but still that there is this just hugely influential company that can suck up everything without giving me a lick of value back it is infuriating and i wanted to say this to the end because it was likely that normal people would have gotten sick of us talking by this point and may have stopped listening to the episode and wouldn't appear this rant but god damn it when are these companies gonna be held accountable it's 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 negligence it's incompetence it's not it's it's their own doing and yet we suffer the consequences of their shitty
0: actions sure do every time (laughs) it's discouraging uh to to say the least uh i i i don't i don't see that situation changing unfortunately and that they will continue to be allowed to to do this kind of thing not not to get you know, I, I just won't. <laughs> I, I was about to venture in the, into the world of politics, and I'm just I'm I'm just not going to go there. But um, I hope this changes in the future. Six months, six months from now,
1: <laughs> whenever that, whatever whenever, that could, whatever be.
0: date that might be.
1: <laughs> um, I feel like this just sends a message to the, all of us who hold jobs, right? I mean, I think it would be. It sounds Like it's completely fair like I don't I don't have to to do what I'm told right I don't have to do what I'm supposed to do like basically what this is saying is that like there's really no accountability at all just do whatever the fuck you want don't don't close bugs in your software
0: don't close ports in your network don't just don't it's okay it's fine Don't don't change your username admin or your password admin leave it. The, it's fine. Don't
1: worry about it's it. It's fine.
0: What'd you drop into the, the, the dough?
1: What'd you drop into the mixer there? Did you drop some, some like a knife? I <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. No one's not going to hurt you. And if it does hurt somebody, it's not your fucking problem. It's their price. It's the Russians. It's the Russians. <laughs> they dropped the fork into the dough that you swallowed. That's what happened. It's no big deal. It's like, we live in an era of no accountability when it comes to technology because we live in an era where the people who make the rules can't even remotely fucking fathom an understanding of how it works. I Yet- mean
0: look at the look at the questioning on the whole Facebook Zuckerberg inquiry. Like (laughs) Yeah, it was that (laughs) That's all the evidence that you need. That gave me like tech support anxiety. That gave that made me feel like
1: I had wandered into a nursing home and was explaining iPhones. Like it was (laughs) unbelievably lax. It was just it was stupid. The lack of under it's stupid. They they're 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 not wholly stupid people, but it is a stupidity in this realm. And unfortunately, that has become a very important realm. The security of our technology, the security of the technology that holds so much of our personal data that has so much sway over our lives that we did not sign up for. It is mind-breaking. It drives me insane. So I say to all of you, just give up, fuck it. Don't do your job well. Leave back doors open. Don't close security holes. Don't aid the patient. Don't save their lives. Don't give them blood. Don't clean up the food preparation area. Never wash your hands after the bathroom. Never, ever, ever wash your hands after the bathroom. bathroom. And always shake with your eye square in the other's eye and smile, because it's gonna be okay. That was fun. (laughs)
0: That was good. Yeah. Need to get that out. Yeah.
1: I'm feeling a little better now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, is that the show? I don't have a deep dive. I don't have a deep dive either. Um, It's a lot of news. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to think of a positive thing to end things on, but I don't don't got one. Um, Sometimes things just kind of fucking suck and
1: it's up to us to figure out a way to fix it. So, I don't know what that answer is. I hope somebody does. If you've got it. Why don't you go ahead and send it to
0: hello at shinypodcast.com. <laughs> Fantastic. You can also hit us up uh, Twitter, mine is Kali 11 It remains so. much to the chagrin of Luxola. <laughs> or me. at, at Luxola and then at CastTheshine, all on Twitter. You can also check us out on Facebook and of course our website, shinypodcast.com.
1: You know. There might be some big changes coming to this here Shiny Podcast. You know, we've been playing with the format. We've been playing how we make the show. We've been playing how we, we like to, to, to talk to you guys in varying lengths. But there's other stuff that we're playing with, so keep paying attention to the details because you never know when we might just upgrade the show
0: out from under you. No, we're not going to take it away, but we might make it better. So stay tuned, folks, and thank you so much for listening
1: yeah. Yeah. Colin, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, no matter how you end the show.
0: Yeah. So, like, thanks for listening and stuff. Smash <laughs> subscribe, <laughs>
1: hit the thumbs up, rate, and review, uh, join our forum. Uh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> I do too. But if you have some time to go, give us a rating. Go give us. Yeah. All well, that being said. Please great us that'd be swell very, 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 uh, you know <laughs> okay go go enjoy your week folks goodbye
1: so uh, i've noticed while we've been doing this that one of the dims in my server is dead oh
0: yep
1: yeah, I am only reporting eight gigs of RAM when I should have sixteen.
0: No, bad, bad. Yeah,
1: that's a real fucking pain in the ass right there. That is a problem. I'm sorry, man. You know, it's just part of the course, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of the way the world works right now.
0: Oh man. Well, I mean, you know, take it out, try to reseed it. Might just be a just a connector problem yeah some dust or something figure it out bad
1: bad depth it's always something